Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. Support also comes from Bharat Babies. Bharat Babies produces children's books about India with a story for everyone. I've featured their books several times on the podcast and through blog posts, but now I've got a special offer for you, dear podcast listener. Visit baratbabies.com and get $5 off any purchase of $19.95 or more when you use the code READINGISRAD. That's baratbabies.com, B-H-A-R-A-T-B-A-B-I-E-S.com. Offer code READINGISRAD. I tend to get excited, Susan, so I'm never meaning to step on your words. I just am a very excitable or enthusiastic person. I love it. I love it. I'm ready. Yay. Wonderful. Being human means making mistakes. I suppose it's the thing we try to avoid most, and yet our mistakes and how we react to them can be what most defines us. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 499. I'm your host, Matthew Winner, and today I'm joined by Susan Verde, author of I Am Human, a book of empathy, which is illustrated by Peter H. Reynolds. I Am Human carries with it an important yet all-too-overlooked truth, that you are flawed, but that does not make you bad. Susan reminds us all in this conversation that being seen is so important. I Am Human is the third book in a series that includes I Am Yoga and I Am Peace. If you've not yet discovered the series, I think they'll make you see your classroom, your children, your readers, and maybe even yourself in a whole new way. Please welcome my guest, Susan Verde, author of I Am Human, a book of empathy. Um, I am Susan Verde, uh, like the color green. Uh, my pronouns are her, she, um, and uh, what was the last part of it? <laughs> and, and just a basic introduction to who you are, what you oh. do. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm, um, I'm an, a children's book author, and I'm a mother of three children. Um, I'm a single mother. And I teach yoga and mindfulness to kids. And uh, I'm a former elementary school teacher and um, 
just trying to be a, a mindful human in this world. Oh, wow. I love it. I can't, I cannot wait to talk to you. I've been anticipating <laughs> this and I normally don't know the individual that I'm interviewing because we very seldom actually really cross paths. I often know the person's books much more than I know who they are. But Susan, there's this one little thing about you that I can say oh that I've known or seen you before. <laughs> Because I used to work at All the Wonders with Emily Arrow, and she adapted I Am Yoga. And That's I, right. I believe you're in that video. Am I right? Uh-huh. I assume I am. it was you. You are right. <laughs> uh, it is me. It is me. And actually, that's how I fir- first heard your name and, uh-huh. and started to know who you were, was through Emily. Um, and we met because she reached out because she created this song based on the book I Am Yoga. And we just had this instant connection over the phone and she invited me to LA to be a part of the video. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll just crash on your couch, which was so strange for me. Um, and I did, I, I went there, I slept on her sofa and we made the video and we just, you know, really connected. So that's so funny how the world is very small and yet so big. You know, she, she has quite a talent and, uh, my wife and I, in particular, sing I Am Yoga to one another, um, just as sort of our shorthand for it's cool, deep breath. The other line Amy always says to me that I have written on a post-it note, now we're going like real inside baseball, on a post-it note on my desk at school is uh, breathe love in, breathe love out, ride the wave. Because I tend to get caught up in my own head, as maybe many of us do, but oh, yeah. I happen to be married to her, and so the advice <laughs> is for me. Uh, <laughs> I um, love it. I love yeah. that. I love that you have a post-it with something written on it. That's I so do. great. I'm I'm so grateful to hear that 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 centering on mindfulness and and um, breathing and and finding space for your own thoughts is something not only that you value that you value with readers. I mean, the most recent um, work in this sort of, I suppose it's a sort of trilogy of sorts by now, right? With I Am Yoga and I Am Peace, and then (laughs) I Am Human is, I mean, it's more than that mindfulness. It's also this book that saves space for children. It's a book of empathy, as it says on the cover. But Susan, this book is one that I feel like could be a call and response between my students and I, just when... When any of us are caught up in our heads, just take a moment. I'm going to say a line to you and just say it back, but say it as your own. And I don't know if that's how you intended to write it. That's actually one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about is just where for you, I am human came from. But I do want to tell you first that, that that's, that's the space it takes up in, in my library in my life and in my life with my students is that these are words that I feel like you've gifted us that I know that they are your words, but in reading them, they become ours and they become a self dialogue that can be helpful for us moving forward. I wonder if that was always your intention. I mean, well, first of all, that's a huge compliment and honor. And I mean, I, it was, it was sort of the hope, but it wasn't as though I was writing it, you know, okay, this is how I want the reader to react. And this is how I want things to happen. I, I, I was really writing from a place of, um, my own experience and what I was seeing in in my kids and the kids that I, I get to interact with all the time and the adults around me just and all of us, including myself as a, as a parent, as a teacher, as you know, as a writer, um, that idea of creating space and that idea of 
um, here are the tools that you have in you. You just have to remember that they're there and, and access them. And so that was kind of the intention. It, it was, it was sort of like all of the things that are going on in the world and everything that was feeling so divisive and, and, and difficult. And how do we just stop and kind of take some of our calm and, and, um, control, although not really control, but sort of ability back in all of these situations? You know, how do we not feel powerless when all of this stuff is happening? So that's, you know, and I, I think as a writer, you know, there's like, you're, you're working out your own stuff too. Even if it's for kids, you're, you're really working out your, your own things. So yeah. that's kind of where it all comes from. Do you remember when you were writing this, how it came to you, if it started as a line or a group of words, or if it just sort of all poured out, because I noticed how much you focus on, um, those ing verbs the things that you are doing the affirmation of what you are already doing you are doing in the moment even if you're sitting reading a book you're you're actively doing these things in your life and also then ending on i can i can do this as in you have this power in you as you were saying but i wonder if it it i wonder what the origins of the of the text itself look like for you well, you know, I am human came from um, actually a, a, just a conversation that I was having. I was I was with I was actually with Peter Reynolds um, and his wife and one of my children and his child. And we were all sharing a meal and having conversation. And I think we just started having this discussion about being human and, and making mistakes. We you know, we were talking to our kids and we were talking about what that means. And, um, we just kind of looked at each other and said, okay, this is, this is something. And, um, I literally went home that same evening and it just poured out. <laughs> I should say for uh, those listening that, that aren't aware of your books, that I am yoga, that I am human, that I am peace. These are all illustrated by Peter Reynolds. Yes. So folks yes. would know from the dot, from ish, from, from any of these other wonderful books. And I, quite frankly, I don't know how you met Peter. I haven't heard that story yet. Maybe uh -huh. you'll share that, but I feel like the, the books that he makes and the space that he makes in his books, it, it feels right in line with what you do as well. So it was quite a natural fit to, to see the two of you together with starting with I am yoga, but how, was it just like serendipitous that Abrams brought you together or uh, did you two scheme outside of school? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, 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 you know, we actually, it's so our kind of story is different from the typical author illustrator story. I mean, as you also know, you, you usually don't get to meet your illustrator beforehand during, I mean, uh, most of my illustrators, aside from Peter, I, I never spoke with them until after the projects were done. Um, but Peter and I met because I was taking a workshop at a, a children's uh, literature conference out in Southampton. And he was teaching and I was a huge fan. So I took his, his workshop. Um, and it was funny because I had, I had gone to the conference the year before and, um, my friend who, who runs it, 
asked me to be Peter's assistant that next year <laughs> because I'd been there before. And yeah. so I was the absolute worst assistant ever. Like <laughs> I showed up late. I left early. I was not helpful in any way. But um, but he was sort of the same, you know, he would come in late, he would have things to do. It was uh, so already there was this kind of, you know, similar personality. And then one of the perks of, of being in this workshop was being able to share my work with him. Mm. Um, and he actually pulled out the museum out of this stack of things I had written and um, said he wanted to illustrate it. So over the oh. next six months, we created this dummy together. And that's how we sort of became, you know, creative collaborators and friends and sort of this nutty family. Um, and, it, and it just went from there. And when we sold um, the museum to Abrams, they then asked us to do more together. There, okay. uh, but we didn't really know what that was going to be. Um, although I had some things written already that I sort of wanted him to see, which ended up becoming books as well. But uh, yeah, so that that was kind of our our story. So it's our projects are a little bit different. And I do feel like there's this lovely synergy, like I don't worry about the illustrations at all. When I've written <laughs> something for, for Peter, because I, you know, he's sort of on the same wavelength in that way, which has really been lovely and incredible and, you know, kind of insane at the same time. Well, and your text is I mean it's not a story it's sort of this again this like incantation of affirmation and so there's a lot of room for him to interpret however yeah. he would like and there's because of that I think just an awful lot of imagery that I'd like to think can can be also not just your words but images that the children take with them as well I'm thinking particularly of in this book in of I am human the line that reads, I can be fearful of things I don't yet understand. And there's just a ladder shooting straight up into the sky, not knowing where the end is. I, I, I mean, it's amazing. And it leaves so much room for discussion, interpretation. Um, you know, so that I, I'm so grateful for those kinds of uh, illustrations, because I hope that the text leads to that kind of conversation and discussion and, and to have the illustration support that is just, I mean, I, I you know, it's, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just incredible. It's a gift. It's beautiful. I mean, I want to read this entire book. I'm not going to read this entire book, but do you mind if I read just an excerpt or maybe a No, couple? not at all. I'm totally going to read the entire book. I'm not going to. Okay, do it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, where do I read? Okay, let me start with the start because in a sea of these wonderful, colorful faces um, that quite frankly look like adorable lemons to me. I don't know why. That's what I think, but I love it. Um, your line starts, I was born a miracle one of billions, but unique. I am human. I am always learning. I am finding my way and choosing my path on this incredible journey. I have big dreams. I see possibility. You know, if we skip ahead, we get to that point that I, where, where I was bringing us with the ladder about, about doubt entering in. And I like that as the language there brings on that can verb. I can be fearful of these things that I don't yet understand and timid to try something new. Um, you flip it in the end by saying, not only can this poor choice become a better choice, can all these, but I like that you, 
give these lines, I can act with compassion and lend a helping hand. I can treat others with equality and be fair. I can choose not to fight, but instead to listen and find common ground. I can say, I'm sorry and ask for forgiveness. You're not saying, I do do this thing. I already do this. Look at how great I am. You're saying, no, no, no. There's space there. Because maybe that reader already has done that thing. Or maybe as I'm reading it again. So we do, I'm not going to go too deep into, into the focus of our school, but we're a restorative justice school. We're focusing on ways of repairing relationships, right? This idea of restorative justice being, um, that once used, or I think still used in the court systems, but now also finding its way into education, um, our school embracing this as a way of not looking so much at, at, I don't know, punitive measures or of, uh, power relationships, but rather looking at community and building, building relationships. And in that language of, I can do this, it, I think it also implies, or you could not, but right. really, do you want to not do that thing? Right. You can do this thing. So, I mean, that's, Susan, the draw that I feel like where I want to just read you your book. <laughs> is oh, that, I um, love the way you read it, by the way. I mean, I'm just like, I want you to read the whole thing now. I'm just, well, I mean, to, to me, your but... words are magic. And when I read them in front of these children, I think, and I mean this, and I'm willing to bet many, many, many educators have this same sentiment and just haven't had a chance to tell you to your face with this great privilege that I have now doing it. But these words are a gift to a book like this, to be able to read a book like this. um, I feel on its own has this power to create uh, a, a solemn area, a solemn environment, a solemn space in that reading area where, where there's room not to judge but to reflect and to know that we're all a part of this and we're all flawed, but we all have really great beauty in us too and can do unbelievable things, even if it's an unbelievable act of beauty and of, uh, you know, kindness and of temperance. I I just think like, (laughs) that's you. You made those words and I just get to read them. Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the Little Feminist Book Club. Little Feminist wants to help you diversify your child's bookshelf. Each month they send one to two books featuring characters of underrepresented backgrounds, and Little Feminist spends months consulting with a team of educators, librarians, and parents to pick each book and create a suite of hands-on activities to accompany them. Go to littlefeminist.com and use the coupon code WINNER for $5 off when you order or click on the link at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast and get started today. Raise good humans one children's book at a time. You know, I, 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 I want these kids who are, who are reading these books and who are existing in this world to really feel that that they that they can. I mean, that can is really deliberate and important. Like you said, it's not maybe you have and maybe you haven't, um, but you have the ability. You you are incredible and beautiful and have this stuff in you, whether you've used it or you haven't used it. You know, you are flawed, but that doesn't make you bad. That doesn't make you unable to 
do wonderful, amazing things. That that doesn't stop you. So that I think the can, I hope that, that it 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 opens that up as 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 anything is possible. You know, goodness is possible even in the face of whatever of mistakes, of disagreements, of of everything that makes us human. You know, it's it's a possibility. So I, I hope that that's what is coming across. I mean, I feel like the other thing that's coming across is just like a hug. <laughs> well, yeah. I imagine when you go to visit these schools, especially if you're focusing on these particular books, mind you, I love your other stuff. And if we have time, I, I want to get into like rock and roll soul and some other stuff because like I'm <laughs> I'm you. into it. But this book, to read this book in front of children, ah, there's just, I mean, you, this is also, you're paired with Peter Reynolds. You were paired with <laughs> Matt Cordell, who has also been on this podcast sharing oh, those same wonderful. feels where you're like, how can you not want to just like, hug the person that made this story for you children they made it for you ah oh i mean yeah the hugs i love the hugs i'm a hugger but you didn't know but you didn't know matt cordell before no i didn't i mean i knew who he was and when i was told that they were you know going to ask him to do this story um to illustrate the story i was i mean i was beyond thrilled, you know, and, and the fact that he agreed, I mean, no. So I knew, I knew of him, I knew his work, but I did not know him. And we finally met, we actually met in Chicago and did two or three school visits together. And he's just as I imagined. And just as you know, cause you've interviewed him, he's just as you're saying, I mean, you want to hug him, you want to hang out with him. He's just a kind sweet person i um, love him yeah and yeah. he's now a kind sweet calicot winning person exactly. <laughs> it's a top so yeah well i love uh, in rock and roll soul and i feel like again this is it's that magic of, of picture books and of publishers pairing people up but he's got such i always love his line his line work is gorgeous he uses that bamboo pen and gets the most beautiful lines and to have something like this book that's just so kinetic there's so much energy moving everywhere with this rock and roll soul and he just brings it it's like you know young matt cordell's punk rock soul is like coming back out in a picture (laughs) book that's great yeah no i was so excited that when i first saw the girl i was like yes this is it (laughs) that's it you got it that's it he nails it yeah so so what what have you got going on now we're we're in a new year there's there's new work going on, I'm sure. There's more school visits. There's you know more things getting you out in front of children. But but what stories are on the horizon? Well, I have um, um, I have two new books coming out. Well, first of all, um, I uh, the the three books so far in the I M series are going to be in a, a box set. And the only reason I bring it up is not to you know sell the stuff. It's just <laughs> that they've called the collection a box of goodness. And so I thought you might like that. That's amazing. Okay. I I love that. It's just a box of goodness. Um, But um, as far as news stories, there is a new I am that will be out in September. um, And uh, we're actually revealing the cover tomorrow on, you know, all the social media, whatever. Oh, as of, um, so I'll be able to share the cover when this yes. goes live because it, yes. as of recording this, that's great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to share the title because it'll sure. be live by yes. this time? It's I Am Love, A Book of Compassion. Of course it is. 
Of course it is. Do you have, at this point, having being four deep in these books, potentially writing more as we speak, do you have, um, do you now have like other ideas that are coming that if they, if they ask for one or two more books, you've already got things like at, at the tip of your fingers that are making you excited to write about? Um, I do. I, I think awesome. about, yeah, I think about it all the time because oh, cool. well, it's just that there's so, you know, once you start, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many things you can talk about. There's so many ways in which people are to be celebrated, to be empowered that there's, I mean, it's kind of endless. Um, it's sort so, of yeah. the, to bring it back to the classroom, it's sort of the greatest thing I see going on right now in education, which is this focus on social emotional learning. Oh, it's I'm, so fantastic. I'm making sure we, we, we take care of ourselves. We understand what our emotions mean and how they influence and how they influence the relationships we have on others and how we understand each other. The fact that this is where we are now, uh, you're right, makes it ripe to talk about everything. And in this way, your box set, your box of goodness and more is seeing the whole child. Mm -hmm. And isn't that wonderful? I mean, I, you know, the whole child is wonderful and every part of them and, and her and them should be seen and acknowledged. You know, I think that's, I think the being seen piece is really important. I mean, we all know what it feels like not to be seen and we all know what it feels like to be seen. And wow, would I much rather be seen flaws and all, you know? for who I am. So, I mean, I love that this is going on in the schools. I, I'm thrilled every time I visit a school and they're, they're uh, working with mindfulness and social emotional learning and understanding the kids need to move in order to learn. And they're just kind of exploring all these ways they're you know, they're not putting children in a box. They're, they're really exploring all the different parts of a, of a human. Um, and, and that they all need to be kind of accessed and appreciated. Um, so, I mean, I'm just grateful to be able to, to be in there and to do the, do the work. Isn't it a privilege? I mean, you said you came from the classroom too. It's a similar privilege. You, I wonder when you first felt the interest to write for children, Susan, I know that often teachers who are reading aloud a lot, often, you know, those stories come to mind. I, I think that I certainly was that way. I can't even remember what came first, like wanting to teach or wanting to write, but I wonder what it was like for you. Yeah, it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of the same. I, I mean, I, I always liked writing. I didn't know yeah. that I wanted to write for children, I think until I was in the classroom and I was really paying attention to these kids and to myself. Um, and I, that's when I first started just writing stuff. You know, I didn't know yeah. what was going to happen or where it was going to go. Um, it became more important to me, I think, when I was out of the classroom, um, probably because, you know, a little bit more of my brain space could go to the writing hmm. part. Um, but I, it was like I needed to work in the classroom and then I needed to step away and sort of process in order to then write what was really important oh, to me. Interesting. And in that neat way too, the writing becomes a through line that reaches back to the classroom, back to those experiences. I mean, my desire had always been to, to keep connected somehow yeah. to the classroom. So, you know, through the yoga and mindfulness, I was able to do that a bit, 
but I, you know, the writing has really become kind of the way that I can, I can keep that connection and sort of keep up on what's going on in, in the world and, and how our kids are moving through it. How long has yoga been a part of your life? And was it a part of your classroom when you taught? Um, it has been a part of my life for, I guess, since I was in my twenties, but, um, the classroom, you know, I didn't really bring it into the classroom when I was teaching. I, I, not in a formal sense. I I, I always understood that movement was very important for these kids. They, you know, a lot of them really just needed, you couldn't sit in a chair all the time and you, you really needed to kind of tap into that part of yourself in order to access your brain. Um, so there, there was movement, but yoga, I didn't start bringing that into the classroom until gosh, much later, like five years after I had stopped teaching. Hmm. Um, I think also because initially, and it still happens in some places, the, the yoga, um, was, uh, it was a little scary to educators. Uh-huh. Or just not maybe not the teachers per se, but the administration. The, you know, there it there wasn't a complete understanding of what it really was and how it was benefiting the children. It doesn't um, look it like was, school. It doesn't fit into right, the box. At least right. not then. It didn't. Maybe now it's so, starting to look a little well, bit more. Now you know what's been happening over the years is that there's research. Once there's research and there's documented improvements in things like test scores and, you know, um, attendance and all of those things, then it feels more comfortable. And, and I get it. And it's not no judgment, but it's just, I think that the research has really helped and there's more research on mindfulness. So kind of being able to connect both of them in a very secular way, um, is now becoming more of the mainstream, but at first it was not, it was not totally understood. And I, you know, and I also, it teachers, as you know, have so much to do that now there's this other thing called mindfulness or yoga or whatever. And it's, I have to add this to my classroom and how am I going to manage that? And how much teaching time does that take away from me? And what does that mean? So, you know, there's, there's that piece of things too. Um, and my hope is also that, that teachers understand how, so incredibly important and significant they are and their own self-care is. Mm. So if these books can in any way give them a sense of how to, how to, like you said, replenish, take care of themselves, because they're just, I mean, they're what these kids are in front of all day long. They are, and they're deserving of the same kind of self-care that we're bringing to the, to the kids. So I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping there's a little crossover. Well, I think that if you don't do yoga, if that's not something that is a value of you in your life or a regular practice in your life, you might not understand what it might look like in the classroom. Um, But at the same time, so I think about, I think about when back to that video, (laughs) the Emily arrow video uh, a year or two before that I had started doing um, these like circles to start off my, like a mindfulness circle to start off, my library classes because they would come from PE and be really, really wound up, which is great. That's where that's the space to do that. But when we came to the library, the energy is different Uh, and it can still be an exciting energy, but to be able to hear each other, to be able to function well in that space, we needed to sort of check ourselves and get back down to a balance. Right. So we would sit in a circle and just, uh, 
have a moment just to breathe, just a minute of breathing in and out, and um, just uh, go around the circle and share what their number is on a scale of one to five. Like, how ready are you to learn? Just to acknowledge what are you bringing into this space? And it's okay for you to be bringing in whatever you are into the space. Some days I'm a one. I'm not focused at all. My mind is somewhere else. And that's going to impact how I engage with everyone. Um, and that certainly is the case. And that's when I always affirm to the children, you all seem to be fives and very focused. I'm not. You're going to be holding me up today. And I value <laughs> you for that. Um, but but that conversation around around yoga, around mindfulness, around all of these sort of different practices, I feel like it, it took me doing the practice to realize that by spending time, I was gaining time. Right, right. It might not be look like that for everyone, but it, it certainly looked like that for me. So now that's all we do. And I've realized it's part of my own self-care. So maybe to those listening that that find themselves struggling in any way, just inviting the children into to that tension and releasing that tension together through breathing, through through quiet, through uh, just seeing each other and being close, yeah. you know? Yeah. There are so many ways to to do it. So it doesn't have to be yoga or this thing called my or whatever. It's, and chances are it's already being done for the most part anyway. We just yeah. haven't named it. But you're right. Bringing them into to your experience and, and seeing their experience. I mean, it's like, yeah, if you're, you're, I'm not focused today or I need to take a breath, let's all do it together. Or this is where I am right now. I think that, that again, comes back to that kind of, we're all human. There's this shared piece that we have together just because you're a child and I'm a teacher or I'm a grown up or I'm a parent doesn't mean that we're not sharing these similar experiences. And like, let's, Let's see each other in that way. And if you're a one and I'm a five, that's okay. That's the way it is. We're acknowledging it. And then, you know, we're going forward. Susan, this is totally off script. And I don't know if you have it in front of you, but do you by any chance have a copy of I Am Human nearby? I do. <laughs> I would I just... love, I'm realizing where we are in, in this space, in this conversation. And I'm wondering if I could get you to read something before before we send our our listeners and readers off with that message from you i wonder if you could read something for me sure i would Absolutely. love if you don't mind if i can make a request i would yes. love um after that page that says i can say i'm sorry and ask for forgiveness i wonder if after that page turn you could just read us to the conclusion of the story sure okay here i've got it all right. I am human, one of billions, but unique. I am not alone. I am connected to my friends, to my family, to the world. We are all humans together. And I will keep trying to be the best version of me. I am full of hope. I am human. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for joining me. Oh, Thank you for the light that you shine. I love it. Oh, Matthew, this has been so wonderful. I want to end in this place with us both. I feel like we've done such a great job being focused on our students, but I want to give you that last word. So as you know, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning, Susan. Is there a message I can bring to them from you? Lucky you. Um, yes. 
So, you know, I believe that there is a story for everyone. And I feel as though sometimes children worry about, you know, what I should read, what I shouldn't read, what am I choosing? I'm only reading this kind of book or that kind of book. And my message would be to read what you love, read what you're interested in, whether it's a cookbook, a graphic novel, a comic book, a picture book, street signs, you know, street art, whatever it is, whatever interests you, read it and know that you are a reader and there's a story for each and every one of you. This is Andy Plemons, school librarian, speaker, and blogger at expectmiraculous.com, calling in from Athens, Georgia. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and keeping the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Sarah, Kate, Lisa, Darshna, Marianne, Jarrett, Anitra, Mike, Lynn, Link, Karina, Cynthia, Elaine, Doug, Judy, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Teresa, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to come with us too. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.